Now Nylander away. Quick pivot. Heading north. Into the zone. And now throws back. Where he finds Morgan. Running for They're down in four. Herbert floats it. Allen! What a catch! How did he come down with that ball? Kachuk lays it ahead. Lundell and Berhage, two on one in overtime. Lundell shoots, saved by Marie Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. All right, here we go for a Wednesday morning, beautiful morning. Oh, holy smokes. And it's going to be nice for the weekend as well. Looking for a high of eight or nine. And man, we have just been blessed uh, in the fall. At least we got that going for us. Uh, the Oilers in San Jose tomorrow. Practice in Vancouver at UBC today and then head to San Jose where... The streak ended last night. The San Jose Sharks won their first game of the season, avoiding, well, a 12-game losing streak to start the season. It hasn't been done in modern-day history, losing 12 in a row to start the year, but the Sharks beat the Flyers last night 2-1. to Mackenzie Blackwood was outstanding with 38 saves. So the Oilers go into San Jose tomorrow night, and they are not going to be playing a team that's winless on the season. Text lines open, 1-833-401-1440. We'll also accept some of your calls today. So if you want to call and uh, have your little two cents on way in and what's going on with the Oilers and things like that, give us a shout, 1-833-401-1440. Has Jack Campbell played his last game for the Edmonton Oilers? Sent down on waivers, well, not sent down, Put on waivers, will be sent down to Bakersfield once he clears in the next couple of hours. So has he played his last game for the Oilers? Can he somehow? Is there a possibility he can rebound somehow, find his game, return to Edmonton, and make a contribution in the future? What do you think? Oiler fans, what do you think? Send us a text, one 833 Text coming in already, of course. Uh, Compro Evolution. Morning, guys. Interested in your thoughts regarding Matthews versus 97. I was watching Matthews the other night and comparing some of his traits to 97. Shooting more, and I'm kind of just going to compress this uh, Compro. Do you think 97 is hurt? His game looks to be lacking. That extra spark shooting, especially shooting this year. Toronto is outscoring their defensive mistakes, but Edmonton is not. Your thoughts? I really think that last statement says it all. The Maple Leafs have been outscoring their defensive miscues, defensive liabilities. The Oilers this year have not. Their superstar players, the Oilers' superstar players, have played average. And when the superstar players on the Oilers end up playing average, the team is in not a good place. Not a good place. Connor McDavid had 64 goals, 89 assists last year. Off to a tough start. 
Yeah, he's banged up. He's hurt. Leon Dreisaitl, not exactly tearing it up, but probably in a decent area where he is compared to points-wise. Had a 128 last year, but 52 goals. You know, he's not even on pace to crack 40 this year. And, I mean, we got a lot of runway, a lot of runway left to go. But what's, what's wrong? We've dissected this team to death. We really have. Now it's about trying to find out what's going on moving forward. How about the accountability? And Jonathan Huberto was benched last night in Calgary. Benched for the whole third period. Flames came back and beat Nashville 4-2. We haven't seen that this year. Jay Woodcroft has yet to take that stance, to take that mindset, to move forward with that philosophy in coaching. Text coming in, one 1440 and we do have a call. Hey, let's get to an early caller. Uh, Duke, I never caught the name. Who's the caller on this one? We got Playoff Al. Playoff right. Al, you're on Sports 1440. What's on your mind? Hey, man, how you guys doing? Good. I love the show. Good, thanks a lot. Uh, question for you. I, I, I'm wondering if there's maybe something a little deeper that's the problem with the Oilers. I'm wondering if there's some, like, locker room disunity because... You know, they've they've gone through fits and spurts where they've really played together as a unit. But sometimes I've noticed with this group that when things go badly, they turn a little more individualistic. They turn to some old bad habits. But, you know, with all the pomp and circumstance around the, 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 the captain's skates and all this, I'm wondering if is there, you know, are, are are there things we're not hearing about potentially? Because to me, I can't figure out any other explanation for a team this loaded with talent, especially up front, to be playing the way they're playing. I don't know what you guys think of that. Good points. A lot of good comments there. Thanks for your call. To delve into it, it's similar to what I was just kind of talking about in the sense if the Oilers star players aren't being way above average, the team's in trouble. If you, you know what, the, the, the comical, the, the funny part of it all is the only player that is even remotely close to putting up points like he was last year is Evan Bouchard. <laughs> that's, that's the crazy part of it all, but he's been such a defensive liability. To your point in the dressing room, I've never ever felt, the, got the thought, got the feeling, uh, even when I end up talking to a lot of guys that are within the organization that are you know, have a little bit more of a pulse on it that I get the feeling that that's been a problem. Having said that, until you're in the room, you never know. You There is no way you can know and then form an opinion on that. That's always one of the toughest things because you always say, and you can even ask guys that travel with the team, media that is there, that are around the team a lot of the time, that you have to be there all the time. You have to see certain things at a practice on the road or in the room on the road when you're allowed in the room, then you can form an opinion. But until you're not there every day and seeing all that, it's tough and it's almost impossible for a media person or someone to kind of make an opinion on that. Text line one 401 Give us a shout. Thanks for that call, Al. Uh, Barry the Cheater. When the phones are crying for Jay Woodcroft, uh, 
Uh, sorry, Barry, I don't understand that text. We'll have to get to that one in a minute. Uh, Stair Farmer, good morning. Oilers need to be held accountable. Bench them. Other teams do it. Go, uh, Pickard, go. I think that was the response regarding Jonathan Huberto. Uh, what was? What did uh, Grant Fear call it yesterday, Duke? Just resting? Is that what, is that what Grant Yeah, Fear- sometimes you just need a rest. <laughs> Jonathan Huberto got an extended rest yesterday. He got a, an extended rest. He didn't look very good on the bench. He was, you know what? I was just flipping through the channels that time, crawling into the rack, and I saw that right at that point. And, man, he did not look like a guy that is ready to turn the corner here and put his nose to the grindstone and get back in business. That's a ballsy move by a coach that's in his first year in the league as a head coach. See how Jonathan Huberto reacts. That, it's the same thing what Jack Campbell has to do. He has to go down to Bakersfield, absolutely play like we've never seen him play before, and then earn an opportunity that he has to somehow, if he gets another chance up here, somehow play to that level. But, I mean, man, his confidence right now is just absolutely zippo. Duke, while we got you on here, did you see that steer in Edmonton yesterday? There was a steer running wild. Did you have a look? Did you, I, did you I catch saw, it? I saw a clip or two of it floating around the social <laughs> medias. And I mean, you you, it's a, you can get a laugh of it. I don't think you see that uh, every day by any no. stretch. It, and then you kind of, I don't know, maybe this is the soft side of me. I kind of start to feel a little bad oh, for the animal. And, you know, on, the, the, the stress that it's probably going through. And it's unf- like, I never saw where it came from or what I think Farm Fair got, got you know, because Farm Fair, yeah. you know, so it sort of escaped yeah. somehow out of Farm Fair. Well, hope, hopefully it got, uh, got, Taken back to where yep. it belongs. I think everything's uh, fine. The steer is set, fine. Set to jet. So, but I mean, yeah, d- you can have a good <laughs> laugh at that because that is so Edmonton that it's not just, even not even really no. funny like that. I, that's I thought perfect. the first thing I thought well, did the Duke have that in the back of his pickup when he came back from CFR? Then then the other thing that I was thinking is uh, I, I, when you saw the video, the the woman police officer just sort of was just like, "I'm getting the hell out of here." She was not even getting close to that. It was good. Um, Text coming in. Blue says, I'm sorry, Campbell is just a scapegoat for the abysmal, abysmal defensive structure that this team is making. No effort at playing. The players should feel like bad. They should feel bad. Everyone thinks Skinner or Pickard is going to be any better with the team playing the way they are in front of them. The best goalie in the league would look awful the way the Oilers are playing right now. Give us a shout, 1-833-401-1440. We've dissected this to death. We really have. It's, yes, goaltending resulting in Jack Campbell heading down to the minors. Uh, defensive coverage, again, just as the texter mentions. Awareness, puck awareness on the ice. Bad decisions, bad makeup of what you're looking at to sniff out a play. Uh, being reactive instead of proactive not enough gusto not enough jam at certain times of the game the penalty kill not good the power play not masking not masking mistakes like it did last year coaching accountability we can you can go on and on we, we touched on the star players if the star players are average right now the team is way below average so instead of like maybe beating this horse, beating this steer to death here. What are the solutions? you got to work your way out of it. You have to, all those things we just mentioned, you have to work your way out of it. You have to find a way to work your way out of it because the trades are so tough to make in a cap world. Trying to squeeze something out of a trade where you can pull in a guy that isn't 
going to take you over the cap, isn't going to uh, cost you copious amounts of draft picks, capital, currency. Those are the hard things to do right now. The answer lies within the room. Having said that, I mean, San Jose wins last night. Now the Sharks are probably going to be a little looser. Duke, do you think? I said to me it didn't matter if the Sharks beat Philly last night because they were embarrassed two games in a row. Even if they lose and play a good game against Philly and lose, I didn't. I to me, it, this is on the Oilers. This is not on the Sharks. Yeah, my, the point I was trying to make when we talked about this yesterday was I, I don't think it actually mattered for the players or the game itself. What it mattered for was the fan base and maybe a frame of mind because for we, San Jose. Like, yeah, okay. if the Sharks had uh, lost again last night, of course they get the win, and it to me. This is a good sign for Oilers fans because now you're not coming into this game with this this cloud hanging over your head of think uh, hanging over your head. Pardon me of thinking, okay, now we're playing a team that has not won. If we lose this game, Lord help us all. Maybe that 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 that's still the mindset because they do just have one win. But if the Sharks were to put up their first and only win against the Oilers, it, it just has another tier, another level of uh, a negativity around it whereas the Sharks get their win out of the way maybe they're playing a little bit looser and then as a result the Oilers can play a little bit looser and not be you know as we say gripping the stick so tight Mm. it's uh but but I do agree with you that regardless of how it came in it didn't actually matter for the players playing in the game I I don't think so either Whack a text uh, coming in, as you could imagine. Jay says, hey, Carius, the D has been awful for seven years. What's the constant with that D? That's the issue. Signed, former ERL champ. Ooh, don't even, I'm going to try to figure out who that is. So uh, is he trying to get a Darnell Nurse? I assume that's the constant for seven years. Not exactly Sure. Keep the text coming in. We'll accept your phone calls all morning. one 401 You can text or call us on that number. Oilers practicing in UBC today, then leaving for San Jose. The practice is at, uh, I think, 11 o'clock Pacific time today. So then they're on their way. Oh, and here, how about this, Duke? Do you know what this is? That's the ducks coming back to earth, baby. Well, they I'm lost, just trying to get they you. Lost, they lost I'm the game. Try, uh, what, do you, what do you want from the guys? I'm just trying to get you going. Uh, that is That was the only game I watched last night. Did I was you? kind of running around doing some other things up a little late to check it out. And the, the Ducks were almost trying to rope-a-dope the Penguins because the <laughs> Penguins carried the play the majority of the game, and then the last five minutes, the Ducks kind of put the wheels to them. But uh, Magnus Helberg, in relief after uh, Tristan Jari to leave the game, kind of got clipped on a flyby Ooh, by okay. playing for the net, knocked his helmet off. Didn't then the that, shot so. came in. And kind of hit him in the ear. So Jari left the game uh, late second period, did not return, and Helberg had a great uh, third period to scoop, did, out, did, scoop I, out the dub for the Penguins. I never saw an update on Jari today, Duke. The no, I haven't, Oil King, anything I haven't on seen that? anything yet, but in fairness, I haven't really looked yet. Right, either, we'll, so. we'll keep an eye on that for you because obviously Tristan Jari with some strong connections here to the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, leading the Kings to a, a Memorial Cup. Man, that's, that's a long time ago, coming up 10 years. Another jam-packed show for you today on the Kevin Carrius Show on Sports 1440. We will check in with David Alter from the Hockey News. 
check in to see exactly what his stance is on the Leafs. We had that texter talk about Matthews. Man, Matthews, up until last night, had more goals than the Sharks. I guess he's only one behind the Sharks right now. Mark Spector will be in Vancouver heading to Oilers practice this morning. And Spectre will join us as he does every day at 8 o'clock for Booster Juice. Adam Surgery, Sherwood Park Crusaders, general manager, will guest with us at 8.40 now. Surgery and the Crusaders off to a pretty good start here. I think 15-5 and five so far in the early part of the AJHL season. Guest host, as he is every Wednesday, David Schlemko, the former NHL Defenseman uh, will come in studio from 9 to 11. We'll have Carmen DeFalco from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Second time that Carmen's been on the show. Uh, a lot of things going on in Chicago between, you know, Connor Bedard, Chicago Cubs with a big announcement in their managerial position yesterday. And then at 10 o'clock, this is just for Jelly or Gelly. Was it Gelly or Jelly? Gelly, I'd say it's Gelly. Johnny Busick, the former NHLer, Boston Bruin, the former Edmonton Flyer from almost 70 years ago. And man, did they have some guys on that team. Like Glenn Hall was in goal on the Edmonton Flyers back then. So we'll look back, a little trip down memory lane. And Johnny Busick, one of the reasons we're having Johnny on is because of an IPA beer that's been released in Boston. I believe it's about a nine percenter. So that's right up Duke's alley. That's that's a six pack and go for the Duke on a Friday night. Or is that Thursday, Duke? <laughs> no, no, with work, uh the show Friday morning, I don't uh maybe back in my younger days, the Thursday nights I certainly like to get after it, but these days I save it's, that for Friday or Saturday. It's tough. I mean while there's no there's no, you can't do it. It's impossible. No. no. You know the, what? The, the the alarm clock rings a little too early on our days for that uh, type I'll of be, activity. You know, let's be honest. I howled for a long time in this town. <laughs> <laughs> I worked till midnight, so it was a lot easier. So when we come back after the break, we'll check in with David Alter, the Hockey News. It's the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now during the Road Ready Sales event, you can save up to $225 on select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until December 16th. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply as we welcome in David Alter from the Hockey News out east. Morning, David. Morning, how are you? Just doing great out here. It's just uh, all sunshine lollipops with the Oilers, you can just imagine. <laughs> uh, so... Obviously, Jack Campbell was in Toronto before he came to Edmonton. You saw him firsthand out there for uh, a period of time. What do you make of what happened yesterday with the Oilers uh, placing him on waivers? Yeah, I don't know if I could say I'm surprised. Uh, It's unfortunate how up and down his career has been. I mean, he still holds the NHL record for most consecutive wins to start a season at eleven. Uh, in that 21 season when he was here and really kind of won the starter's job. Um, But, uh, you know, last season, I think there were signs that maybe this five-year experiment might not work or might be too expensive. And, um, you know, there were opportunities in the summer to do something about it. The Oilers decided not to because they were still getting wins and they still had a good team in front of them. And the Oilers aren't unlike a lot of teams around the NHL where they feel their goaltending is adequate or better and the defense and everything else is 
is much better or above league average, and the goaltending is really not going to be what makes everything come undone. But unfortunately, in this situation, uh, the Campbell one is going to be a cap hit. It could be a little cap hit for a while unless they decide to buy him out in the summer because I don't see any team just picking him out straight out waivers if he was going to get moved. They would wait till after the waiver claim or, or after, not the claim, but after he passes through. Or uh, what they could do is trade for assets and cap retention after the, after the fact that waivers is passed. So it's an unfortunate situation for Edmonton. Uh, Cal, Calvin Pickard was actually in Toronto's system and Toronto lost in the waivers as well back in 2019, mm. I believe. And so, um, you know, the Oilers have decided that the goaltending isn't good enough and they felt that they've got to get Pickard in there somehow. And the way to do that is to put Jack Campbell on waivers and uh, hope that his game gets better down there. David Alter from the Hockey News is our guest on Sports 1440. When you saw that five by five mil contract signed and there weren't a lot of goalies out there at that time in free agency, did you go, "Uh oh, this is a mistake for the Oilers? Uh, I don't know if I, I, I thought it that way, only because at that time, the Oilers didn't look like a team that was going to run into cap issues that I thought, okay, well, if this is the case, sure. If I remember this Stuart Skinner deal happened afterwards. So once he started getting a bulk share of the games, that's when it starts to become a problem because you're paying 5 million for a backup. But I think if Jack Campbell was continuing to win games and could post the save percentage above 900, then I don't think that cap hit was going to be a tremendous problem, but now it is. Uh, they've got Connor Brown, who's got to play one more game, and then he's got a, a cap charge for next season that comes into the books. And you've got some other things now with uh, some of the other commitments that the Oilers have made that now it starts to become one of those things where, okay, they could have really used that space and reallocated the money for goaltending differently, but um, it's just an unfortunate timing for the Oilers. They made that decision mm-hmm. long early in the summer to commit to Jack Campbell for five years. I know for a fact that the the big issue for the Leafs in that situation was term, not so much the money. So um, I think if the term was a lot shorter, it probably wouldn't be a lot of an issue, but it's going to be for the Oilers right now. David Alter from the Hockey News is our guest on Sports 1440. Let's move over to the Leafs. And on Monday night, the Oilers were down 3-1. And, you know, in Vancouver, they didn't show enough in the second period. The Leafs were down 4-1 to Tampa Bay, but came out hard. They showed a little emotion, showed uh, some, some pushback. Do you see, like we were just talking about it earlier off the top, I mean, maybe are they outscoring their defensive deficiencies, unlike the Oilers right now? Where do you see what the Maple Leafs are doing right now? Uh, I think the Leafs have some defensive issues, and as far as outscoring those issues, I mean, scoring was a problem outside of the core players up until the last game. Uh, they rejigged the third line and, and finally got that going. But um, before that, um, outside of the core four players, they just weren't getting any secondary scoring from anybody. And that was all like a big problem. And, um, you know, we look at the records, but um, at that point they had the same as many wins as non-wins. And that's unusual can leave at this point of the year. So um, I think there's still some issues on defense. They could get someone back today in Jake McCabe and that could help. 
but without having Timothy Lilligren there and some of the other guys that they've had to deploy on defense, uh, there's not a lot of depth there. So uh, the scoring certainly has to carry the day, and it did. But, um, you know, they can't keep climbing out of holes and winning because uh, uh, at some point or another, it just sounds like the same old story where, like, this this isn't necessarily going to translate into playoff success if you're digging yourself holes early mm-hmm. and expecting to always fight your way out of it. It just it's it's not translated to playoff success. And how long do you think Lilligren will be out for? Uh, well, we know he's out for a minimum of ten games in twenty four days at the point of the injury. Mm-hmm. So there's that much, and then. Uh, outside of that, we don't know. It's a high ankle sprain, and high ankle sprains just linger. So mm-hmm. uh, it could be it could be right at the end of that ten game, twenty four day period, but it could be longer if you can't put a lot of weight on it. I remember seeing him in Boston walking with a bit of a limp after that injury, and so I mean the fact that he wasn't in the boot, I guess, was a good sign. But you talk to people with high ankle sprains, and they just say it it kind of lingers, and you kind of just have to to stay off it and hope that it just gets better at a fast time, but they linger. That's the issue. David Alter from the Hockey News is our guest on Sports 1440. David, I know you got a, another appointment here, another interview or something. Just let us know when you got to get going. Matthew, nice. What kind of a pleasant surprise has he been so far for this team? Um, yeah, he's been he, he, he's been a great addition. I mean, the playoffs, he was pretty successful. Uh, and then up until the last game before that, you know, he had one strong game, but uh, he had a few good games, but he, he wasn't producing offensively. He was like what I mentioned in those other issues where they just weren't getting secondary scoring. So they put him on the first line. He fits in nicely with Matthews and Marner. And then, yeah, it, uh, it it's worked out. And um, now we'll try and carry that into another game. But uh, now he's finally played more games than he did last year, and he's getting – the full experience of being up with the NHL schedule and like how it is in college hockey. And we're going to see if he can outlast that because that's really the big transition. He had no minor league schedule, no major junior schedule to go through going straight from college to this. It can be a lot. So we'll see how he handles it. What about the play of William Nylander to start the season? Yeah, he's been all right. Uh, he was really strong out of the gate. I mean, he set the uh, franchise record for point streak to begin a season at, uh, I believe it's 11 or 12 right now. It's still going. It's been under the radar because he's just getting these minimal one assists in the last few games. So uh, it's kind of a footnote at this point, but I mean, it's getting close to that 18 game territory, which is what Mitch Marner did last year to uh, set and then break the record. I believe 23 games is that record now. Uh, So he's about halfway there. We'll see if he can keep it going. Is Joseph Wall the number one guy in net right now, Dave? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It looks like it. Uh, We'll see. Um, It's, yeah. um, Right now, Elias Samsonov is struggling. Joseph Wall uh, has been all right. But um, they they need both goalies, that's for sure. So um, I don't know if they can necessarily anoint anyone a number Mm -hmm. one at this point. But um, certainly that last game, he got closer than before. And the Sens are in Toronto tonight. I think Ottawa will be a little ticked off with what's been going on there. What kind of game are you expecting tonight? (sighs) I don't know. I mean, the (laughs) Leafs, I never know. Like, I think it's going to be one way and it goes the other. Um, 
Yeah, Battle of Ontario, I expect Ottawa's best game. Ottawa always seems to play Toronto really well. Like that part we know for sure. Well, David, I know you got to get going, so thanks for uh, jumping on here quick. Uh, appreciate your time. Enjoy the game tonight. All right, thank you. You got it. That's David Alter from the Hockey News and our Puck Report brought to you by Fountain Tire. You can ask about their seasonal tire storage once you get your winter tires put on. Uh, text coming in to one 401 If you'd like to have a comment or a quick conversation with myself or the Duke about anything, please give us a shout. one 401 Text line, Sam, I am. Good lineup of guests this morning, Kevin. Unfortunately, I have a meeting around the Busick interview. I had the good fortune to work with a gentleman who played with the Flyers and the Canadians and the Edmonton boy, Bud Boomer McPherson. Keep up the great shows from uh, Sam, I am, Al G. This is a good comment from uh, Bruce in the Park. Morning, Kevin. I believe the Oilers have lost all their locker room characters. Barry, Yamamoto, Costin. I understand we're all guys that kept the room light. Thoughts? Also, the Oilers need cap space in a goalie. Does a Nurse Skinner package get you a Hellebuck or Sorokin? The only other option, I'm guessing, is one of the Buffalo three goalies or Jake Allen. Thoughts? Bruce in the park. Really good comment on the first one, Bruce. The dressing room is so important to a team's success. If everyone in there is not all on the same page and looking at each other in the eye and saying, we can do this, we can do that. But it's also in the sense of, again, like you say, keeping it light. If things are going bad, sometimes you need just a little chuckle. You need a little, just something a little, just to get over something. I remember back, and again, this is for you, Gelly. There was a thing way back in the Stanley Cup playoffs when Vancouver was playing. I can't even remember. It was maybe probably the Islanders, I guess. But the Canucks, Harold Schneps fired a puck up the middle, right on the tape. Someone scored. Canucks lose the game. Next day in practice. Tiger Williams is at practice, and they're just skating around. Everybody's down. Everybody's down. Tiger Williams screams out, cruising through the slot. Schnapsy, I'm open. I'm open. I'm right here. Give it to me. Well, the Canucks started laughing on the ice. They put that part of the game to bed, but you do need that levity, that that part of your dressing room where yeah, there's a prankster, there's a jokester, there's that light moment. It all can't be like that all the time, but you do need to have a little bit of that to go along. There has to be a balance. Uh, when we come back, we'll get to more of your texts and calls. one 401 Tons of uh, texts coming in. We'll get to those on the Kevin Carey Show right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. The Duke slides in with his 740 break slot with B.A., how many songs do we have left the BA that you got to get to, Duke? Oh, I think we've rolled through all the ones in the library that uh, I have access to here. I, I, a lot of them are obviously on repeat. I, I try and mix them mm-hmm. up as often as possible. There's a couple that I haven't played, but those are more of the ballad ones. So, you know, it doesn't really fit the vibe of the show. We like to keep things upbeat moving forward. 
perking everybody up in the AM. So I, oh yeah, especially after the last few days, it's perked up already. Well, we need to, we need yeah. to keep everybody's spirits up. So I won't be playing uh, personally my actual favorite Brian Adams song, Heaven. That one will not. That's be your number one Brian Adams song. I think so. Yeah. Oh boy, Duke. Oh boy. Why you don't like a nice little ballad, Kevin? A little you know rock, what? A little rock ballad. I'll be honest. The, out of the ballads for Brian Adams, I like that song from Robin Hood. Everything I do. Yeah, I'll do yeah. that one over heaven. That's a that's a great one too. But that's that. Sorry, I should have been more specific. <laughs> power ballad. Oh, that's a power. Ba- he- okay. Heaven is a power ballad. Everything I do. That What's is a, that? Well, that's well, a true. Ballad. How do you classify the difference between a normal ballad and a power ballad? I have no idea. You, okay. just, you just got to listen to it, and you can tell. Is there power in it? Does it have some juice? Okay. Uh, tons of texts coming in. A lot about Cal Pickard. So. Duke, let me just ask you, are you starting Calvin Pickard tomorrow against the San Jose Sharks? If I were Jay Woodcroft, I would. Do I think he's going to? No, I don't. But I, at this point, a couple things. What is the harm? What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Putting a guy who has had pretty limited experience at the NHL level and as a result, even more limited success, uh, getting a call up, that might be something to rally, like a team to rally around, even if it is just for a game to say, hey, we got Cal back there. Let's not hang him out to dry. And as people might say, they could say that about their own goalies in any given night. Well, their own goalies haven't really done them any favors so far this season. So the motivation to rally around them starts to dwindle when you're letting in shots that you as a team really want saved you get a fresh face in there fresh body he hasn't done anything to hurt this team so far this season that's something that might help out uh the, the team mm-hmm. morale i guess and like i said just kind of rally around them maybe try make a concerted effort to play a more defensive game uh and, and but the main point being just like you said what like what can it get any worse so I would make the start with Pickard, but uh, I do not think that'll be the case. I think they'll probably roll with Stuart Skinner uh, for probably at least a couple in a row here. So a lot of people have do, been doing a depth dive on Cal Pickard and his stats over the course of, well, just even in Bakersfield where, you know, it's the AHL. Let's just, let's, let's just uh, separate that right now. But in 2016, 2017, Cal Pickard played 50 games for the Colorado Avalanche. He played 2,836 minutes. His goals against average was 298, and his save percentage was 904. That's 2016-2017. He was a second-round draft pick, 49th overall by Colorado in 2010. What happened from 2016-2017 to now where he's only played maybe 20 NHL games, has been overseas, went to Austria for a season, bounced up and down from the AHL to where now he is 31 years old and is a journeyman goaltender. That was the also the season the Avs finished with 48 points. He has PTSD from it. That comes from Brendan. Good point, but if you were the Oilers right now and took a 2.98 goals against average and a 9.04 save percentage, you would be doing cartwheels. You would be going, where do I sign up for this? 
I think I'm starting him tomorrow. It's a coaching decision right now that almost rests on Jay Woodcroft's future with this team. How would you like that going into game number 12 of the season and figuring out I'm going to start Cal Pickard and I could be gone within a week, two weeks. That's that's crazy to think of where what where we've come from the start of the season. Yeah, I think you can look at like the decision that Woodcroft faces kind of in two two scopes and unfortunately they have the same result if the Oilers were to lose tomorrow night is that he goes with the established player Stuart Skinner and hypothetically the Oilers lose. Okay, well now people are calling for his head because this he has the wrong call, this hasn't been working. Why didn't you give the fresh face a start? Alternative side of the coin, he starts Calvin Pickard. Hypothetically, they lose. People are calling for <laughs> his head because why are you it's starting this ending. AHL goaltender? Like Woodcroft has, and it, it is in very much his own fault at this point, To as much as, like, depending how much you want to blame coaching for this Oilers situation, he has played himself into a lose-lose situation tomorrow night if they lose. That can all be remedied if the team wins. And at this point... I actually, I genuinely believe that Calvin Pickard gives the team a better chance to win tomorrow night than based, Skinner. based off of oh, Skinner's current crazy. level of play, <laughs> confidence, and like, like what I talked about the team maybe rallying around this guy. And I, I always want to le- lean back on calling him a kid, as you often do when someone's called it from mm-hmm. the AHL. But this is no kid. This is a, a journeyman netminder and kind of move from the prospect to suspect territory uh, throughout his uh, early days with the Avalanche organization, got in those 50 games one season, and then it was like, all right, no, you, you are an fringe NHL backup AHL goaltender. And and that's that's fine. You can certainly make a living that way. Tons of texts coming in. one 1440 Good morning, Kevin. This comes from Ron. I agree with a previous text about the dressing room environment. Right now, I'm also of the belief that there is some disconnect in the dressing room. These guys are not on the same page. They can display itself on the ice. Uh, this can display itself on the ice. Maybe Sam can lighten up the heavy hearts in there. Hopefully, someone will. Maybe Cal Pickard can. Ha ha. Uh, Stair Farmer says, play Pickard, please. Do something. Walter, 904 from Pickard in the show is Dreamland. I'd still start him tomorrow, though. <laughs> and, and Walter's previous text said Pickard is a stopgap at best. Yes, I think nobody's expecting Calvin Pickard to come in and run the gamut here with mm-hmm. the Oilers as a starting goaltender for the remaining 70 games. That's not, that's the dreamland. But so, to have a guy come in and give your team a little bit of a jump, maybe emotionally, maybe in actual quality of play in the crease as well, that's what organizational depth is about. And the Oilers are fortunate they have uh, both Pickard, who has played very well at the AHL level this season, and Olivier Rodrigue uh, right behind him, who's also been very good in Bakersfield. So that's the as bad as the Oilers' starting goaltenders have been, or big league goaltenders, they do have a little bit of um, relief at it. It's just unfortunate that it comes at the price of uh, Jack Campbell going on waivers and his sizable cap hit not really getting much in terms of relief from it as a result. Text coming in, one 833 Send us a call if you like. Give us a shout. Come on on, one 833 Mark goes, players are all out of position. Too many times the opposing team has more players right in front of the Oilers net. Protect the net. Craig and Red Deer. Morning, guys. Where does McDavid's copper bust quote rank in terms of all-time Oilers... Comments, da-da-da-da-da. 
I believe that was Leon Dreisaitl's comment. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I'm pretty sure it was. Um, I totally agree with you that Pickard should start, but I also thought Lavoie should actually play some real minutes, and look how that panned out. I think Lavoie's playing okay in the sense of what the amount, but I actually I shouldn't say that. I think he needs to do more no matter how many minutes, and that's with anyone coming up. You play three minutes a game. I did, I'll, I'll disagree with Speck on this one. How can you do anything within five minutes? Well, do something in three minutes, four minutes, then you're going to get five, then you're going to get six. That's how I look at it. Or do you want to go back to Baco and ride the bus? That's the simple thing in my mind. If you get called up at this stage, if you have the opportunity to get into the action. Brad says, I bet, I would bet 10K that Pickard starts tomorrow. Everyone is screaming for the Oilers to do something different. The GM sent a $5 million goalie down. If Woody doesn't use the new tools as GM gave him, puts the same product on the ice, he's asking to be fired. Fair comments. Uh, so, there, oh, yeah, your buddy too uh, as well, the king of Fort Nasty. Good morning, KK and Duke. I fear Friday, Gregor will be starting the seven-month stint. And so this is Gregor saying if the Sharks win tomorrow, he's going to grow his hair out. Duke, is that what this is all about? I, I didn't catch it live, but based off the text line from yesterday afternoon uh, um, so, amongst context oh. clues, I think <laughs> that, yeah, I and I don't know if this is Gregor saying he will grow it out and then as a result there is actually a lack of hair right on top. Uh, <laughs> if you're not familiar, the, the Jim Leahy type haircut from um, Trailer Park Boys. Not really, no. So it's it's your classic cul-de-sac, but substantial growth along the sides and pretty shiny still on the very top. So I think Gregor, you know, putting a little skin in the game and something on the line and his belief. So for that, seven months, he's not going to cut his hair or whatever. Yeah, shave his head. Maybe I I didn't miss I didn't quite catch the the timeline thing, but I believe that was the bet is that he will just grow it out. <laughs> Could be an improvement. <laughs> I mean, let's well, well, uh, will you dress up for him as Halloween uh, nope. next year yeah. with, with that haircut? Okay, I'll, how's that sound? Yeah, I'll dress up as Gregor for Halloween with a Leahy or whatever next year, next Halloween. It reminds me of the old uh, Bundini. Do you know who uh, Bundini was, Duke? Bundini was one of Muhammad Ali's handlers. So he was the guy that kind of had, he had a sort of a bald patch up top, well, quite a lot more hair. But he had some great lines. One of his lines was, uh, I can't remember who Muhammad Ali was fighting, but he hollered out to the guy across the ring and said, uh, he's going to beat the ugly out of you. It might take him all day, but he's going to beat the ugly out of you. He was a classic, that Bundini guy. Uh, oh, boy. Yes, uh, I'll get to HVAC Nick right now. Hey, Kev, by the sounds of it, your fantasy record is now worse than the Sharks. It is. 0-10. Fantasy football, I can't catch. Everything is going bad. Played the Cleveland Browns defense last week. The guy at Cleveland Browns. Any other defense, I win. I got to be honest, Kev. Owen, that's like actually tough to do. With by, like, I know. You don't, you don't have to that, tell me this, That's dude. impressive in a whole nother realm. I can't believe you haven't had me on Fantasy Frenzy. That's what to I can't o- believe. Offer your insight and your expertise. Well, I'll tell you what. At least I've won it. The league once Gregor's never won. There I'll you go, go. I'll go there. You, flags fly forever, right? Yes. <laughs> Twin dad Matt Muhammad Ali's handler. Wow, not sure what that means, Matt, but he was 
in his corner. He was one of, he was in the entourage. One of his guys. Handler, like that's what it was. That's the expression. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong I don't, with that. I don't know what that means, but. Uh, tons of texts coming in. Uh, we're going to get to Mark Spector in the uh, top of the hour. Adam Surgery, Sherwood Park Crusaders at 840. Uh, looking forward to Johnny Busick at 10 o'clock. We'll have David Schlemko in studio at 9 and Carmen DeFalco from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Hey, Duke, do you think the, you know, that first week, 10 days of Connor Bedard settled down now? I think it's getting to that point. You want to take this one caller here? We got a couple minutes, or should we get him in later? We will. Uh, we'll get yeah. back. To I think we'll have plenty of time for yeah. some more calls and texts in the eight twenty break. Sure, we'll get to some of your calls at eight twenty. So we got three or four on the line. I just didn't look at the clock. We're up against it right now. So, uh, Mark Spector will join us at the top of the hour for on the mark for Booster Juice. Uh, before that, it's time for a sports fourteen forty update. Brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football at First Round Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays, and you could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.